The Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, verses 39 to 41. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due rewards of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Barashith bara Elohim. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. All the heavens. All the vastness of the universe, which is beyond even our ability to comprehend. Light can travel 186,000 miles in a second. In a year, that same light travels 5.8 trillion miles. A number which is so large, it's completely beyond our comprehension. I could say 5 trillion or 10 trillion or 20 trillion miles. It wouldn't matter. It's just too large of a number. And yet that 5.8 trillion miles is only one tiny portion of our galaxy, which is 105,700 light years in diameter. And that galaxy, just one speck among the universe of vastness that our God created. The more we learn about the vastness of our universe, the more it ought to humble us before such a God who could create so much. The more we learn about his creation, the more we ought to fear God. And yet it seems as if the more we learn about God's creation, the more less likely we are to fear God. It's as if man has decided that because he can begin to measure God's creation, that that somehow puts us on equality, on par with God. There are those who claim that the vastness of God's creation proves that God does not exist. When in reality, all it proves is just how great God is. There are others who claim that the vastness of the universe shows clearly that there is no way a God who created so much could care about such insignificant dusts that we are. When in reality, it only proves that his love for us is greater even than his power to create the universe. Psalm 8, 3-5, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful him of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. Do you not even fear God? 
the vastness of God's creation certainly ought to humble our hearts before him so that we learn to fear him in humility of ourselves. God is not only the Almighty, the God of creation, he is also the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies, the one mighty in battle and victorious before whom none have the power to stand. Psalm 68, 17. The chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of thousands. Lord is among them as in Sinai in the holy place. If you will not fear God, when you see the vastness of what he created in six days, will you fear God when you understand his power in battle? When you understand the hosts of angels, of warriors that stand at his command? When all the armies, all the weapons, all the power, all the might of man is gathered together and directed against the Lord, it is not even a buzzing fly that he needs to swat down. He laughs at the strength of men. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. He shall hold them in derision. During the height of the Roman Empire, they had built good roads throughout the entire Mediterranean area, throughout the entirety of their empire, so that their ever-victorious armies might travel quickly and swiftly. And there was none who dared to defy the emperor because his armies would descend with wrath and swiftness in judgment, and yet the great armies of Rome are nothing, are they? compared to the power of our God, to his strength in battle, to his might, to the hosts of his armies. All these things ought to humble our hearts before him so that we do not dare to defy his will. Do you not fear God? He is not only the creator and the king he is also the righteous judge who will bring punishment upon sin. In Exodus 34, verse 7, we read that he visits the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. God's wrath against sin is such that the children, the grandchildren, and the great-grandchildren even sometimes suffer for the sin of their fathers. The wrath of God against sin is the flood in which all except eight perished. The wrath of God against sin is Sodom and Gomorrah, which perished in fire and brimstone. The wrath of God against sin is the sons of Korah, under whose feet the earth opened up and swallowed them whole. The wrath of God against sin is death. Every death, every disease, every suffering is a reminder of God's wrath against sin. God is patient. God is long-suffering. And in his patience, the hearts of men become 
haughty and proud, thinking, well, God has not punished my sin. He never will. Despite the fact that that wrath of God is all around us. That punishment of sin is clearly seen. A few weeks ago, we heard the parable of the wicked vine dressers who killed the servants that were sent to them. And every time the owner of the vineyard did not punish them for their sinfulness, they became bolder in their sin, not fearing the punishment that would eventually come, but committing greater and greater sins. Such is the heart of men, that because in his mercy God does not destroy us, we often become bolder in our sinfulness. Do you not even fear God, seeing his wrath all around you? Ultimately, the wrath of God against sin is seen today, here, in the cross of Jesus Christ. The wrath of God against sin is seen in the mocking and the jeerings which we deserve. The wrath of God is seen in his back, which was stripped open. The wrath of God is seen in the nails, in the thorns, in the crucifixion. The wrath of God is seen in every agonized breath he took. The wrath of God is seen in that cry. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is what the thief, the one thief, saw. And partially why he did finally fear God and humble his heart before that judgment. Do you not even fear God, he says, seeing his judgment? Do you not even fear God, seeing the judgment of your sin laid upon Christ. But the thief adds one more thing, doesn't he? One more thing he says which shows us that he knew something else, that he saw something more than the wrath of God. That he also saw the love of God through Christ Jesus. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He saw not only the greatness of God's wrath against sin, but the greatness of God's love, that that wrath was poured out upon Christ Jesus in our place. It was this love more so than the punishment of our sin which finally humbled that thief's heart to repent and in contrition call on the name of the Lord. If you will not fear God because of his power, because of his strength, or because of his just wrath against sin, then fear God and humble your heart because of his love. His love is greater than the universe that he created, for he subjected the entirety of creation to death in order that he might save us. His love is greater than the force and strength of his armies because those armies were sent not to vanquish but to serve us, sinful men. 
His love is greater than his wrath against sin because it was poured out not upon us, but upon his only son, Jesus Christ. Do you not even fear God? There was a young man who in pride and arrogance would not listen to his father but did as he wanted, as he desired. He grew in arrogance and sin so that he did not care when the cops came to arrest him. And even when he was brought before the judge, he was not humble or repentant, but haughty and arrogant. Even when he was sentenced to prison, he went with an attitude of scorn and laughter. But many years later, he had a son. And because he continued in his sinful life, that son was accidentally shot and died. Finally, seeing the result of his sinful life, seeing the punishment that should have been his, happened to his own son, finally he repented. We see the wrath that should be laid out upon us, laid out upon, instead, upon Christ Jesus. Today, Jesus has suffered the death that you deserve. Fear God. Humble your hearts before Him. Let go of that anger that you've been holding on to against another person. Because you think that they did you wrong. Let go of that pride that makes you think, I deserve this or I deserve that. Stop making excuses for the sin which is a daily part of your life, but which you know is contrary to God's word. Humble your hearts, fear God, and receive from Him that word of reconciliation. That forgiveness which he offers through Jesus Christ. Do you not even fear God? Humble your hearts. Not because of his power which created all things in six days. Not because of the strength of his armies. Not even because of the wrath against sin. But because of the love which is shown to you in this, that he who knew no sin became sin for you. Because God has forgiven you through Jesus Christ who received the punishment you deserve in your place. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is Holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit in order to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Amen.